There is no bigger X factor on the Gonzaga Bulldogs this season than junior guard Nolan Hickman, who's going to take on another new role in Spokane. What's that going to look like? Let's discuss. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more, and folks, right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Folks, we are on to number five of our player preview series discussing every player on Gonzaga's roster. These shows are formatted the same way. you got the history of the player, how they got to Spokane, how they did last year. We're also going to do best and worst case scenarios and then close out the show looking at expected role and production and their future in Spokane, potential NBA future as well. Ben Gregg led us off. We did Ryan Nemphard and Steel Venters covering a couple of the new transfers. We talked about Dusty Stromer on Tuesday's episode of Locked on Zag. So now here we are talking about Nolan Hickman. And the Nolan Hickman show, I'm excited about this because I think that the spread of how this season might go for Nolan is, is one of the most intriguing elements of Gonzaga's entire season. There are a lot of X factors on Gonzaga's roster. How Graham E.K. does with his health is a huge factor. Whether Dusty Stromer or Steel Venters ends up playing more minutes at the three is a big factor. Jun Sakio is a huge X factor. But at the end of the day, the biggest X factor for this team is Nolan Hickman. Let's get into a little bit about who Nolan Hickman is. He was a six foot two point guard who originally started his high school basketball career in the Seattle area, ultimately because of some COVID rules, decided to play his final year at Wasatch Academy in Utah. Incidentally, the same high school as current Gonzaga target Isaiah Harwell, who is going to take an official visit to Spokane in February. Hopefully that connection with the coaching staff there can pay off in a big way for Gonzaga to land a top 10 prospect in that 2025 recruiting class. Hickman was the 46th ranked player in the class of 2021, the number six ranked point guard. This is at 24-7 sports. Uh, He was also an All-American in 2021 and didn't initially commit to Gonzaga. Hickman initially committed to Kentucky back in November of 2020, was planning to go be a Wildcat, go play for coach John Calipari, but he decommitted from Kentucky in April of 2021, shortly before, I guess, just into the start of the offseason leading into what would have been his freshman year with the Wildcats. Less than two weeks later, Hickman was committed to Gonzaga. So it was a flip for Mark Few and their staff to land a Seattle area guy, bring him over to Spokane and have him be a part of the Bulldogs program. Again, former Kentucky commit, big deal to get him in Spokane. And he made an impact right away. Freshman year, that 2021-22 season, he was the backup point guard to Andrew Nemphard, played a lot of his minutes off the ball, which is a key element of his performance that season because that's going to be the role he plays leading into this year. But as a, a true freshman, 32 games, about 17 minutes per night. Again, we've talked about this a handful of times on the podcast. You everyday listeners have heard me say this. True freshmen don't often play a ton for Mark Few. They rarely start. Chet Holmgren and Jalen Suggs are two very notable counterexamples, but for the most part, true freshmen do not start for Mark Few. 
a lot of them don't even get rotation minutes, but Nolan Hickman did. 17 minutes per game as a true backup point guard to Andrew Nembhard again, playing off the ball quite a bit because Nembhard played, I think, 34 minutes per game in that season. Uh, Hickman averaged 5.1 points, 1.5 rebounds, 1.3 assists. He was incredibly efficient on two-pointers, just over 60% from inside the three-point line for a small guard, especially a freshman guard. That is outstanding level. There are, there are bigs who only score around the basket, who don't shoot 60% on two-pointers. For Hickman to do that as a true freshman is remarkable. Now, the three-point shooting wasn't quite there. Many players struggle with three-point shooting as freshmen, and you kind of see them improve throughout their career. Hickman was just under 31% from the three-point line. He also shot 66% from free throws, but that was 10 of 15, so not exactly a big enough sample size to really gauge a whole lot from other than the fact that he didn't get to the free throw line all that much as a true freshman, which is kind of an area of growth to potentially see for Hickman. And then we had last season. And last season is kind of what Nolan Hickman's performance last season has been a huge talking point amongst the Gonzaga fandom, uh, media fans, whomever, because after a promising freshman year where he did stumble down the stretch, there was kind of some cautious optimism heading into his sophomore season because Andrew Nembhard was gone. And everybody knew Nolan Hickman's the new starting point guard. And Gonzaga has so rarely had any kind of instability at the starting point guard position in the Mark Few era. But heading into last year, there was. And unfortunately for a lot of people really felt that last year was a complete disaster at the point guard position. And in a lot of ways, Gonzaga's guard rotation last year was an issue. I don't think that Nolan Hickman's performance was as bad in a vacuum as many people felt that it was, but there's no, de no debating that he was incredibly inconsistent. And that started right out of the shoots. 10 points, one assist, four turnovers against Michigan State. You don't love that. You don't love four turnovers to one assist. You kind of forgive the Michigan State game because that was just a sloppy mess of a game played on a uh, an airplane. And, and those kind of things just, you know, you know, you just kind of throw that out a little bit. We saw eight points, two assists, four turnovers, and that loss to Texas. All of Gonzaga's guards really struggled in that game. But then you see a bounce back from Hickman. In the first two games, or the, the second two games, I should say, of the Phil Knight Invitational against Purdue and Xavier, Hickman combined to score 29 points with 10 assists and just two turnovers. That's against Purdue, the number one team in the country for most of the year, and Xavier, a team that earned a, a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Two top three seeded teams. Nolan Hickman goes out and puts up 30 and 10 combined with just two turnovers. But then that inconsistency plagued, plagued him again. Zero points against Baylor, a disastrous game for Gonzaga's guards as a whole. And then even in the WCC play, we have Nolan Hickman who doesn't score against Pepperdine and has four turnovers compared to three assists. You have two points, three turnovers against Portland, two of the you know below middle teams in the WCC. Yet you also have him go on the road and drop 20 against Santa Clara. Gonzaga needed every single one of those points to beat Santa Clara on the road that year. Then he goes and has 12.6 assists and one turnover versus LMU. Nolan Hickman was remarkably inconsistent throughout the year. Unfortunately, one consistency remained from his first year to his second year, and that is st starting to fade down the stretch. Nolan Hickman struggled in the second half of the season in his freshman year, and he struggled again in the second half of the season last year. He had a fantastic game against St. Mary's in the WCC Championship. For those of you who remember that game, it was an absolute beatdown. Gonzaga took it to St. Mary's completely unexpectedly when those two fir first two games in the regular season had been really close. Hickman, 12 points, four or five shooting from deep in that one. Really phenomenal performance. Outside of that, Hickman was pretty much non-existent. 
eight total points in the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga played four NCAA tournament games. Nolan Hickman had eight points. Six of them were against Grand Canyon. Two of them were against TCU, and he did not score against UCLA or UConn. 0 of 9 from the field. He did have seven assists compared to three turnovers. Not bad. Honestly, against two really good teams, UCLA is a phenomenal defensive team. UConn was the best team in the country last year. A 7 to 3 assist to turnover ratio. I'll take that. I'll take that from Nolan Hickman. But no points. 0 of 9 from the field cannot happen. Cannot happen. All told, Nolan Hickman finished the season playing 37 games, starting 36 of them. He played 28 minutes per night. He averaged 7.7 points, 3.1 assists, 2.4 boards, and one steal per game. That two-point percentage that was so good as a freshman plummeted to just under 49% from two as a sophomore. However, the three-point percentage did increase, which we expected to see most players get better as as outside shooters as they go on in their college career. Hickman went from 30.8% as a freshman to 35.5%. As a sophomore, his free throw percentage also jumped considerably up to 81%. And now, with the addition of Ryan Nempard in the transfer portal, it is clear that Nolan Hickman is no longer going to be asked to play Gonzaga's primary point guard role. He did it last year. The results were middling. And now he gets to adjust back to being a two guard, a role he played somewhat substantially as a freshman. That storyline right there is one of the biggest develop, the biggest pieces of Gonzaga's upcoming season. How he adjusts to that role will be instrumental in whether this team reaches their high lofty expectations as an Elite Eight Final Four National Championship contender, or whether this is a season that goes awry for Mark Few and the Bulldogs. We're going to talk about what those best and worst case scenarios specifically for Nolan Hickman are, but first... Today's episode of Locked on Zags is brought to you by Jace Medical. With storm shortages, pandemics, and supply chain issues, we all need to be more prepared now than we ever have before. And everybody should feel empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication if there is an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have that medication in your hands. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Doctor created, doctor recommended, Jace Medical. Well, folks, snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time than right now to get in on the action. Folks, this app is super easy to use. You just log in. You can bet on all sorts of stuff like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. They give you suggestions on prop bets to make. It is super easy to use. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. We are going to continue with our comp or our player preview series later in the week. We got some recruiting updates to get you all as well. Hopefully, an update on the Gonzaga Baylor secret scrimmage whenever that happens. And of course, we're going to get you right into the season, November third. 
Gonzaga takes on Lewis Clark State of the Exhibition Game. Folks, that is right around the corner. We are very close to having some real Gonzaga basketball to talk about, so stick with us here on the Locked on Zags podcast. But now we continue our player preview series talking about Nolan Hickman. We talked about his history, how he got recruited to Gonzaga in the first place. What he looked like as a freshman in that off-ball role. What he looked like last year as he took on the primary lead guard responsibility. Now we're entering a season where Nolan Hickman is not going to be the primary point guard. Ryan Nemhart is that guy. He's an All-American caliber point guard. He is going to be the man with the ball in his hands most every possession. So what does that mean for Nolan Hickman? Well, in a best-case scenario, it means that he seamlessly adjusts to an off-the-ball role for the Zags. That's the best-case scenario. A Nemhart-Hickman backcourt is just goes off without a hitch. There are no issues. Nolan Hickman not having the ball in his hands, not having the pressure of being the primary ball handler, allows him to flourish. In a best-case scenario for Nolan Hickman, he flourishes in an off-ball secondary creator role. Mark Few loves having two point guards. The two teams that have been in the national championship game started Nigel Williams-Goss and Josh Perkins, two point guards, Jalen Suggs and Andrew Nembhard, two point guards. This is what Mark Few likes to do. And in a best case scenario, Nolan Hickman being the other point guard, the secondary point guard, is a better role for him and him and Ryan Nembhard play together seamlessly. The best case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that his uptick as an outside shooter continues. He went from 31 to 35% this year. He's 40 plus. It's a 41, 42, 44% three-point shooter from deep because he is getting more open looks, because he has a legitimate facilitator around him in Ryan Nemhard, because defenses have to focus on Anton Watson and Graham E.K. down on the block. Nolan Hickman gets a lot of open looks from three, and in a best-case scenario, he is knocking them down. Best-case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that that freshman year, 60-plus percent on twos, comes back now that he is no longer the primary point guard. He can attack in different ways. He can backdoor cut. He can do different things that he wasn't able to do with the ball in his hands. And we see a Nolan Hickman who finishes with 60 plus percent on twos, 40 plus percent on threes, 80 plus percent from the free throw line. A 60, 40, 80 season from Nolan Hickman, not outside the question, not outside the realm of possibilities whatsoever. The best case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that his decision-making and playmaking skills actually improve in a new role. Hickman averaged over three assists per game last year. He could do that again, even as a diff- even as a secondary creator, even as the not primary point guard for Gonzaga. He only averaged 1.3 turnovers last year, which really isn't as bad as many people kind of made it out to be. But in the best case scenario, that drops as well. He's around three assists, around one turnover, 0.9 turnovers per game because of his different role as a secondary creator, as more of a shot maker, uh, maybe more of an attacker than he's been in previous years. The best case scenario is that defensively, because Hickman is not handling as much of a workload on offense, he can thrive. The best case scenario is that Nolan Hickman is this team's primary on-ball stopper as a guard. Anton Watson is going to handle a lot of serious defensive responsibility because of his four years of incredible defensive work. But in the best case scenario, when Gonzaga needs a stopper on a guard, that's Nolan Hickman. And that he uses his his strength. He uses his high basketball IQ. He uses his quick hands to be an elite on-ball stopper, an elite defensive player for Mark Few and the Bulldogs. The best case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that he is an all WCC caliber performer. The first team is not out of reach. Ryan Nemhart and Aiden Mahaney are fantastic, fantastic guards. You have Houston Millette, you have Tyler Robertson, you have Mongolian Mike from San Francisco. There's a lot of great guards 
in this conference. But if Nolan Hickman plays like he is capable of, he could be an all WCC first teamer. Perhaps the more likely scenario is second or third teamer, but in a best case scenario, he's right up at the top in that conversation. The best case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that he's legitimately considering testing the NBA draft waters after the season. Again, we'll talk more about his NBA draft aspirations later in the show, but as a six foot three player who's now not playing a primary point guard role, I think his options are a bit more limited. But in a best case scenario, Gonzaga fans are worried that Nolan Hickman might leave. They want him back for his senior season. That's the best case scenario for Nolan Hickman. What are the worst case scenarios for Nolan Hickman? Well, it's that this doesn't work. (laughs) Simply it's that. A third straight year with a role change stunts Nolan Hickman's growth. He goes from being a backup to guard who occasionally plays point guard to being the starting point guard to now being the starting combo guard. And all of those changes, all of those adjustments take a toll on Hickman and his development is stunted. The decreased efficiency we saw in two-pointers, it went from 60% to 49% remains. He doesn't improve that efficiency. He's still below 50% on two-pointers. Additionally, that three-point percentage tick that we saw last year comes back down to earth. He's a 49% shooter on twos. He's a 31% shooter on threes. That's the worst case scenario is that being in a new role, being asked to do something differently dramatically decreases Nolan Hickman's efficiency as a scorer. The worst case scenario is that he just doesn't play well with Nemhard and the lack of size between the two of them, the lack of, or, or just the inability of the two of them to kind of jive together on the court makes it hard for Mark Few and the Zags to play them both at the same time. If that happens, it's not going to impact Ryan Nemhard's minutes. It is going to impact Nolan Hickman's minutes. Ryan Nemhard is going to play 31 minutes a night. If the two of those two guys don't play all that well together, that could severely impact the amount of time that Nolan Hickman spends on the floor. In a worst case scenario, Nolan Hickman doesn't make things happen in a secondary creator role. He's not instigating the offense. He's not taking shots. He's not playmaking. He's not facilitating. And his playing time drops. The worst case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that he's not starting by the time the WCC season rolls around. There's a possibility he does not start to begin the season, although I expect that he will be in that starting lineup. But it wouldn't shock me in a worst case scenario where Maybe Dusty Stromer starting at the three, Steel Vendors is starting at the two, maybe June Sock Yo is starting at the three, and Nolan Hickman's coming off the bench. He's the backup point guard when the starting point guard's going to play 30 plus minutes per night. The worst case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that he remains the scapegoat for this team. He was the scapegoat last year in a lot of ways for a disappointing season. This year, it's more of the same. Gonzaga fans tend to push a lot of the anxiety, frustrations around the team towards the starting point guard. And while Ryan Nemhard's going to handle that role, Hickman has handled it in the past, and I think he's going to hear about it and feel some of that strain if Gonzaga's struggling, especially if he is not stepping up as a bigger offensive contributor in year three. The worst case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that he once again fades down the stretch. He's a non-factor in the NCAA tournament, and the, the noise around him struggling towards the end of the year gets really loud. And at the end of the season, Folks are wondering if he should stick around. Could Dusty Stromer or Luka Krinovich take minutes from him in 24-25? Is there a possibility that, that people are even calling for him to transfer? That he's considering it because he hasn't stepped into that role. Because he wants to be a point guard, he's not getting the opportunity to do so. I don't know his aspirations, his feelings here. But in a worst case scenario, at the end of the year, there is real concern about what Nolan Hickman's future in Spokane looks like. Let's talk about that because 
as we know, the best case and the worst case scenarios are the poles. They're the far ends of the spectrum here. So we're going to talk about what the more realistic expectations are for Nolan Hickman entering his junior season, his role, his expectations, and his future, not only in Spokane, but potentially in the NBA. All of that coming up after a word from today's sponsor, eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what helps keep your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whatever you're, whether you're in speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your car every time or you get your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need and the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that trophy. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions do apply, and eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, folks, closing out the show today, talking Nolan Hickman. We talked his history, how he ended up in Spokane, what he looked like as a freshman and as a sophomore last year as a starting point guard. We talked his best and worst case scenarios for this upcoming season. And now we're going to talk about his expected role, his expected production, and a little bit about his future here in Spokane. So expected role. I've talked about this a handful of times. Many of you uh, everyday listeners know my projected role for basically every player on Gonzaga's roster. But for Nolan Hickman, I expect him to start at the two. Ryan Emhard's the one. I think Steel Venters is going to play the three. I think Dusty Stromer is going to kind of challenge him a little bit for a spot there. Graham E.K. and Anton Watson are your starting bigs. But Nolan Hickman, I think, slides into that two role. Again, I think for people who, who maybe weren't as weren't remembering Hickman played a lot off the ball as a freshman so it's not like this is some role he's never filled before being the starting two is certainly new to him but playing off the ball playing off the ball with a Nembhard running the point is something Nolan Hickman did a lot as a freshman Ryan Nando are not the same players but Nolan has experience playing division one college basketball in a combo guard role and I think that's what we will see him do almost exclusively for Gonzaga this upcoming season He played about 28 minutes per game last year. I think it's going to be similar this year. I think about 20 of those minutes are going to come primarily at the two. And then I think 10-ish, 8-ish minutes are going to be when Nemhard sits. Nemhard's going to play 31, 32 minutes per game. That's my projection for him. Any minutes that he's not playing the point guard, I suspect Nolan Hickman will be the one. There are some other options who could play the one. I think Dusty Stromer, maybe Luka Krinovich are kind of the only other obvious picks. I don't think Steel Ventures is going to take take on that role. So I think when Nemhard is not on the floor, Nolan Hickman's the point guard. When Nemhard and Hickman are both on the floor, Hickman's playing off the ball. I think we're going to see Hickman improve as a scorer. His career high is 7.7 points per game. I think he's going to be quite a bit over that. Nine and a half points, 10 points, maybe 11 points per game. That's my projection there. I think he's also going to be more efficient. I'm not sure he's going to get all the way up to that 61% on twos that he shot as a freshman just because he's going to have a bigger role. He's going to be taking more shots per game. But something like 55, 57% from two, 38 plus percent from three, that feels very doable for Nolan Hickman. And in a role where he's playing 28 minutes per night, shooting 55% from two, 38% from three, he's a guy who's going to score probably right around double figures, right in that double figures range for Nolan Hickman. Something like nine and a half points, two and a half assists, career best efficiency, 
That's what I expect from Nolan Hickman. Is it all WCC first team caliber? No, not necessarily. It's maybe third team, maybe honorable mention. He's somewhere in that conversation. But I think we're going to have a more steady presence from Nolan Hickman. I still worry about the consistency. It's hard not to. I still worry about whether he's going to be the same player in March as he is in November, because the last two years he has not been. But I think that in a more defined role where they're not moving him around and jerking him around with his role like they did last year where suddenly Hunter Salas was playing more point guard and they kind of just shifted things around on him. I think this year, if he's more consistently just labeled as the two guard, I think that allows him to be more consistent, playing 25 to 30 minutes per night, scoring at a decently efficient clip and learning and growing within that role in Gonzaga's offense. What does that mean for the future of Nolan Hickman? Well, As I've said with a handful of players on these shows already, there's only one player on Gonzaga's roster who's guaranteed to not be here in the 24-25 season, and that's Anton Watson. Ryan Nemhard could be back. Dusty Stromer, Luka Krinovich, Steel Venters, all those guys. We don't know that they're going to come back. Some of them could test the NBA waters. Some of them could enter the transfer portal. But there's a reasonable expectation that Gonzaga's entire guard rotation is going to be here for at least two years. What does that mean for Nolan Hickman entering his senior year? Does he keep the same role? Do guys like Dusty and Luca potentially push him on the depth chart? What does it mean for him? It's going to be really interesting to see. I don't think Nolan Hickman is leaving for the NBA after this season. I mentioned it already. I'll talk about it here. I don't see a shooting guard version of Nolan Hickman in the NBA. Nolan Hickman's best, ca- best chance to be an NBA player is if he's a point guard and a facilitator, a distributor, like a legitimate NBA caliber point guard. And he's not going to be playing that role. Undersized combo guards are some of the easiest players to find. Malachi Smith's not in the NBA. He's probably going to sign in the G League with the Blazers, but he's not an NBA player. Joel Eyei is now overseas. He, he got glimpses in the NBA, but nothing consistent. Monsieur Bolt never even attempted to be in the NBA. He signed overseas. Is Nolan Hickman as a non-point guard on that level of those guys? Maybe he performs at a level capable of being at that point. But again, Bolton was a 46% three-point shooter. Malachi Smith was 50. So for Nolan Hickman, if he's not going to be a point guard in college, he needs to be a lights out three-point shooter. Maybe he gets there. Does he get there this upcoming season? Probably not. So I expect him to be back for his senior year. I think he's a four-year bulldog. And I'm curious what it looks like when he comes back. Does it mean Dusty Stromer doesn't get to expand his role in year two? Does it mean Luka Krinovich stays kind of buried on the bench for two years? Does it mean that Ryan, you know, what does it mean for Nemhard and Hickman? If they play well together this year, they'll probably want to run it back for year two. If they don't, something's got to give. Does that mean Hickman enters the transfer portal? Of course it's possible. It's possible with any single player on this roster. Everybody could do it. But it'll be interesting to see this entire guard rotation potentially coming back in 24-25 is an interesting wrinkle. We'll worry about it when we get there. It's not something we got to worry too much about right now, but it is an interesting thing to think about because I, I, I have a hard time seeing everybody comfortable coming back with the same role they're going to play this year. So something's probably going to have to give. That's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or your first watch of the day. Remember, you can hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you have not done so yet. You can follow along on Twitter. You can also follow along on our Discord channel. There is a link 
in the show notes. You click that, you join us. There's over 110 people. We're talking Zags 24-7. We're going to have game streams. We're going to be talking live throughout the game. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic experience for anybody who follows the Zags. So definitely hit that link if you have not done so yet. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with more of these player previews and some recruiting updates coming up later this week. Until then, as always, go Zags.